Genesis chapter 6 and verse number 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And he repented the Lord that he had made man. What a sad, sad statement. And he repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and he grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man, the beast, the creeping things, and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I made them. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for all that you do. We thank you for your mercy, grace, and love. Help us tonight, Lord, and we just praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. In Matthew chapter 24 Verse 37 says, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man. When Jesus gave that account in Matthew 24, He doesn't tell how evil man is. He said, For as the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Now, there's, there's no sin in that if you're drinking cold cola and every now and have a glass of water. There's no sin in that. But as wicked as it was in Noah's days, Genesis chapter 6, there was a complacency uh, among God's people. They were satisfied with what they had achieved and what they had gained. Just as it is in our days, we're satisfied with the way things are. That is the reason why this nation is in the condition that it's in, in the day because the church has just gotten so satisfied with the way things are. We, we ought to be the salt of the world. We ought to be the light of the world. We ought to give the word of God. But we're missing it in these days today. We have become complacent with our four no more. And we're satisfied with coming to and worshiping for a couple hours. But we need to get out and tell everybody. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. We should all want everybody to go to heaven with us. Not only my family, my friends, but we want everybody to go to heaven with us. And the Lord gave Noah some instructions to build an ark. He taught them how to build it, how long to build it, how wide to build it, how high to build it. I wonder if it would have been like if Noah, having a free will, said, God, you know what? This task is just too big for me. I'll think about it, but I'm quite sure I'm just not going to do that. I, I think you got the wrong man. I've said that myself. Lord, you've got the wrong man. But that's not the answer Noah gave. He didn't give that answer. Genesis 6, chapter 6 and verse 8 says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And later in verse number 9, it said uh, that Noah walked with God. Noah took on the task that God gave him and said, I will take this job. I 
If the flood came when Noah was 600 years old, and it took him to build the ark 120 years, then Noah took on this task at 480 years old. Noah didn't have to start having children until he was 500 years old. But I believe if we look at Genesis, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, it gives us the purpose, gives us the drive on why Noah took on this task. It gives us the goal that Noah wanted. What he wanted to accomplish by taking on the task that God wanted him to do. It wasn't for fame, it wasn't for fortune. It wasn't so that he could be the talk of the town. It wasn't that he can get his name in lights. But he took this task on for one perfect reason. And I believe in, in Hebrews chapter 11 we can find that reason. Hebrews chapter 11 verse number 7. It says, By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, but moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and he became heirs of the righteousness, which is by faith. Noah said, I'm going to take on this task, not so that I can get rich, not so that I can get famous, not so that I can carry my name in lights. Notice that I'm going to take on this task so that I can save my house. Noah said, I, I know that there's going to be another generation out there. Noah looked around and he says, I've got a grandfather, I've got a father, and, I, I, and I'll soon be a father myself. There, there's generation. The Bible says, so-and-so begot, so-and-so begot, so-and-so. And we understand there is generations to come. Noah says, hey, there is some generations that's going to come after me and I've got to do something to ensure that they are saved. I believe there's never been an attack on the families and the homes like it's never been before in the last 20 years. I believe the devil understands and knows that his days are short so he's going to start attacking not in the church not the church but he's going to start attacking the homes of those that's in the church and he realized that if he can attack the homes and get them in a messed up way they won't be in church and next thing you know every family in church is messed up because the devil has attacked them at home and the church is now messed up he knows that there's an all-out attack. And I say, if the homes are not right, the church is not right. Amen. And if the church ain't right, the nation certainly couldn't be right. It all begins with the, around the family, at the family altar in the home. 
family gets together and gathers together. They read the Bible, study the Bible, they pray for one another. They lift each other up in prayer. It begins at the home. And Noah said, I've got somebody that I need to work hard. I've got this task that I want to see that people in my house are saved. What about you? Are you wanting to see your family saved? You want to see your family get right with God and serve God and walk with God? Then it's going to have to start at your home. It's going to have to start in the home. So how, how did Noah do this? How did Noah save his house? It was right in verse number 7. First, he believed God. By faith, Noah being warned of God. He just took God at his word. He just believed what God said. He didn't say, God, uh, that, that, it, that, it ain't going to rain. It's never rained before. There's going to be a flood. Can you imagine the people that would come by and see Noah building this ark, building this great big boat, and they're standing there and say, Noah, what are you doing? Well, I'm building this boat. You're in the middle of the desert, Noah. Why are you going to build a boat? Because God told him it's going to rain. God told you it's going to rain? He said, yeah, God said it's going to rain. It's going to bring judgment on mankind. You better get right with God. You better do what God has said. So why are you doing it there? Why are you doing this, Noah? Why are you building this ark? Because God told me to. And I realize if I do this, it's to save my family. I believe God. God said it's going to flood. God said it's going to rain. It's never done it before. But I just believe God said what he said and meant what he said. Wouldn't it be great if we start just, just truly saying, I believe God. God said it. There's no argument about it. There's no way around it. God said do this. God said do to that. And that's what we ought to just say. Hey, God said do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah, Our message today is God is coming back. How do you know that? Because God said it. <laughs> and I believe it. And the world looks at us like we're some crazy people. Y'all go to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. Y'all just go down there and sing. Y'all just go down there and preach. Why, why can't you just take time for yourself? God said to gather thyself together. They look at us like we're crazy. And then they say this, I love this, they say, if you believe God so much and God is who you say he is, then you think that God would send somebody to the pits of hell? 
If God is love, why would he do that? I, I, I understand that God is love. And that's what you say. God loves everybody that he sent his only begotten son to die for us. God is love. And I'm telling you, there's a judgment side of God coming. And can I say this? God doesn't send anybody to the lake of fire. You send yourself to the lake of fire. And when you tell people that, they walk away scratching their head looking at you real funny. So well, that goes a crazy man right there. And, and, I, and I believe that when they walk away, they're thinking, you know what? Everything he said is not so. But whether they believe it or not, it is for sure as the pew you're sitting on, it is real as the sun going to come up in the morning. God is going to judge this world. God is going to judge mankind. And if God said, I'm going to judge the world, if God said, I'm going to judge mankind, God also made a way out of that judgment. He told Noah, Noah, it's going to flood. I'm going to destroy everything. Lord, I don't want my family to die. The only way you can help your family is to build the ark. Noah said, I'm going to take on that task. To ensure that my family is saved, I'm going to take that task on. Our message today is, God is coming back. He's coming back. And I don't care whether you believe that or not, but he's coming back. And you imagine the people watching Noah, they said, we ain't never seen anybody do this kind of crazy stuff. Can I say we've never seen the kind of crazy stuff that we see today? Noah preached that rain was coming for 120 years. You'd think people would get, uh, started doubting him. They come by and say, Noah, you preached that message last week. Noah, you preached that message 10 years ago. Noah, you preached that message 20 years ago. Noah, it ain't going to happen. Noah, you said it was 50 years ago, same thing. 80 years, Noah, you've been preaching this same message, Noah. They're saying as a promise of his coming. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So Noah, nothing's changed. It's still the same. But Jesus said, watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known it, he would have watched as the thief would come. He would have watched and he would have suffered his house to be broken up. We've got to continue to watch for that coming. He is coming. we still got to get the message out. He is coming back. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Noah looked at his wife. Noah looked at his children and says, the reason why I took this task on, the reason why I'm suffering all this is because I'm here to save my family. It's not for fame. It's not for fortune. It's not to get my names and lights. But I'm doing everything, all the power in me to make sure that my family is saved from the flood. 
Or are you trying to save your family? Oh, we ain't got a flood coming, but we got a judgment coming. <laughs> We've got a judgment coming. We may not have a flood. It might not flood anymore. But let me tell you what, there is a judgment coming by God. Noah just believed God. Noah with fear. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Moved with fear. Noah was moved by fear. Now, and I don't get this wrong. I don't believe Noah was afraid of the upcoming storm. I don't believe that Noah was afraid of the upcoming flood. I don't think Noah was afraid of anything that was going on around, happening around him. Because God gave him a promise. If you're in the ark, Noah, if your family's in the ark, you'll be safe. Just make sure that you're in the ark, Noah. When everything starts to break down, when everything starts to go apart, when it's break loose and the waters come, just make sure that you're in the boat, Noah. I don't believe the storm scared him. I don't believe the flood scared him or the rain. But I, need, I believe Noah had a reverential fear of God. Bible says in Ecclesiastes, fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. He knew that there was a holy God that was watching him, looking at him, moving and watching everything he was doing. And Noah said, I cannot stray to the left, I cannot stray to the right, because I know there's a holy God that sees everything that I do. Can I say there's a God watching you? He sees what you do in secret. He knows your heart. We should know that there is a God in heaven looking down at us. He knows every move you make, whether right or wrong. You know, can I say there, there are some daddies today that have no fear of God. The Bible says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole world. To show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. You cannot hide from God. If you want your house to be saved. then you better get back to having a fear of God. The world today has shook their fist in the face of God and said, take your best shot. Hit me with your best shot. God is and God knows. God is watching But we serve a merciful God, a gracious God, a loving God. Noah said, I'm going to fear God. Are you fearing God tonight? Are you fearing God tonight 
to the saving of your family? That's what we need to ask ourselves. He believed God. He feared God. He prepared the ark. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, these things not seen as yet, moved with fear and prepared an ark. God told Noah how to build the ark, even to the size of the window of the ark, the material that used, the gopher wood. You find it all in, uh, in Genesis chapter 6 on exactly what God told you. But you know what you do not find mentioned in Genesis 6 or Genesis 7 or anywhere else in the Bible. You do not find God saying, this is where you're going to get the money to do this. And I got to thinking about that. That's a task that he had to take on by faith. By faith. I imagine Noah looked around and said, you know, no, Lord, that's a pretty big boat. I can't run down to the local Walmart and buy the materials there because you said gopher wood. That's an expensive wood because it's got an exotic name. So he said gopher wood. So, and then you got a pitch. That ain't easy. It's going to cost a lot of money. It's going to take a lot of time. But not once you hear Noah complain. You know, and, and I, I got to think about it. You know, God, didn't, God does not tell us how he received the materials to do this. I don't know if or Noah uh, owned 100,000 acres and cut down the wood by himself. He did. He was doing all this by himself. It took a long time. I don't know that. But I got to think about it. Lord, if Noah was working by himself, doing all this, he got wore out. He got tired. And I imagine sometimes after being in the woods, cutting the gopher wood down, streaming it down, trying to get it lined up, cutting them all nice and even. I imagine sometimes he'd come home and sit down and, and look at his wife and go, I don't know if I'm going to make it. This is tired stuff. He just had his first little boy sitting over in his cradle. Then he looked at his wife and that little boy says, you know, I got to go. I got I got to do this. I got to continue to do this. It doesn't matter how much it takes. It doesn't matter how, how much time it takes. I've got to do this. I'm going to put my effort into doing everything that God says. I'm taking on the task. Why? Because I got mama. I got son that needs to be saved over there. And I'm telling you, you need to take the task on a day saying, hey, I've got mama. I've got son. I've got daughter that needs to be saved. Amen. Can I say, I'm going to get off service just for a minute, run a rabbit. I love seeing the kids in church. And whatever it costs to get them in church, it's not a problem. The time it takes, not a problem. Why? Because you're planting the seed in those kids' faces and their hearts and their eyes and they see you coming to church and, and you see these kids running around smiling. I know they get out of shape sometimes, but there are kids. Every one of y'all, every one of y'all has been bent out of shape as a kid. The Bible says one of the fruits of the Spirit is patience. Patience, patience, 
Amen. But seeing those kids here, it, 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 it touches my heart. Why do you you do that? Why does the bus go out and bring them in? Because there's a reason. Because they need to be saved. They need to hear the gospel. There needs to be seeds planted in their lives that they can tell mama and daddy, we're trying to see them get saved. We're trying to get them in the ark. Amen. But you find some people sit around, well, that just costs too much. That just takes too much of my time to do that wow wow too much time I imagine Christ going to Calvary hold up here I ain't got time to go to Calvary today I ain't got time for that I got other things that's important to do I imagine you start looking at all those lost souls (laughs) you know what I've got to do this I've got to do this. There's a desire in my heart to do this and it should be a desire in our hearts to do this to save the family, save the children. These kids that come, we ought to just look at them and love them and say, hey, we're trying to save you in the ark tonight. It's worth it. He believed God. He feared God. He prepared an ark. He condemned the world. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of the things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark, having the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world. Can I say this? Now listen to me. I don't know if anybody helped Noah to build this ark. There was only eight in there. I'm assuming there was only eight that helped. Noah had brothers and sisters. He had aunts and uncles. He had cousins. It sounds to me those naysayers that come around and point their fingers at him, Noah, you're crazy. What are you doing that for? Why are you trying to do that? Sounds to me like his family was part of that naysayers. His family was probably saying, hey, Noah, you're giving us a bad rap. You know, you, you kind of got us out on the limb out here. We're your family, and, and what you're doing is just kind of giving us a bad rap. I imagine there's somebody in your family that says, Hey, you're such a goody two-shoe. You're such a religion. It's not, you're giving us a bad rap in our family. Hey, man, I'm telling you, I, don't worry about it. Naysayers going to point their fingers at you and say, Hey, you're not good for the family. And not only did Noah have that, but his wife had brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews. It seems like the family was all against Noah too. Why do you go to church? Why do you do that? All the preacher wants is money out of you when you go to church. They're always begging for money. He's trying to scare you into heaven. He's telling you about the hell and the lake of fire. He's just trying to scare you. He wants you to believe there is a God in heaven that says, I love you. And that same God that says, I love you, is going to condemn us. 
He's going to put us in the lake of fire and oil? Are you just plumb crazy? Noah, I don't, I don't understand it, Noah. I've had people say, you don't got to go to church every Sunday. You don't got to go to church every time the doors are open. I tell you what, next Sunday, let's just pack it up. Let's just go to the lake, kick back by the lake, and grill us some hot dogs, throw the hooks in the water, and just lay there and just say, hey, ain't this good? Now, I don't know about you, but I'd probably get there about 10.30, feeling good, throw my line out in the water, kick back, got the hot dogs on it. About five minutes to 11, I'm going to start feeling guilty. God's going to start hitting me hard, and I'll probably get six tickets running back to church so I get back to church on time. They, they say, you don't have to go to church all the time. No, no, you ain't got to build that ark every day. You ain't got to put all that time in. Come down. Let's go and have a family reunion on Sunday at 12 o'clock, 50 miles away. And they're going to guilt you into coming too. You know you're part of our family. It just won't be the same without And I, I imagine the, his family come by and says, Noah, we can go over there and we can have a party. We can play some music. We can dance. We can invite some other people in. Get some girls come in. We'll have a good time, Noah. About that time, there's three boys sitting over at her dad. Hmm. They go up, Daddy. Daddy, can we go? Can, can we go to the party? Can we go hanging out? Son, no. <laughs> no mean daddy. All I know is cutting and hacking and measuring and molding. That's all I know. I don't get to have any fun, daddy. Well, son, it's just not me saying no. It's God said no. Because God condemned that. What they're doing, God has condemned. And if you're down there with them and God says, get in the ark, I can't get to you. You're out in the world. You're down there with them partying. And God said, get in the ark. I'm getting ready to close the door. Where are you at? No, you can't go. God has condemned that. So do I. Let me tell you what, there are some things that you need to start condemning in your house. Hey, 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 there are some things that you need to start condemning in your house. Condemning what you listen to, condemning what you see. I'm telling you what, too many times these kids get on these uh, computers and iPads and phones and you don't know what crosses that screen. It's time to start condemning the things of the world and get their eyes back on God. I know these young people say, they're running my fun. You're taking all my fun away from me. God condemned the way the man was. The evil was on the heart continually. They were out partying all the time. And Noah had the guts to say, No, you can't do that. No, you can't listen to that. No, you can't watch that. 
And I'm telling you, mom and dad, when they get older, they'll thank you. They will thank you. It might have been tough and rough now. But out of the road, it's going to be easy. They'll thank you. Noah believed God. Noah moved with fear. Noah prepared the ark. Noah condemned the world. But Noah also became the heir of righteousness. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark, saving to the house by the, which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Noah said, I, I, I want what he's got. This ain't about me. This is all about him. The prodigal son came back and his father seen him afar off and they ran to him. Son, my son. And he got to him, he fell on him, he kissed him. And he saw that his clothes were dirty. He said, you can't go to my house dirty. Bring him the robe. Put the robe on him. He looked down at his feet that's crawling in the pig, path, the pig pens. He says, you can't go to my house dirty. Bring him the shoes. He says, bring him the ring. Put it on his finger. That tells the world that he's not my servant, but he's my son. <laughs> God said the same thing. You've been wallowing around in the world. You've got the sin all over you. You've got the filth of the world. You've got filth on your feet. God said, you can't come to my house like that. You can't come to my house unclean. You've got to get cleaned up. I will put my righteousness on you. And when he does that, you can come boldly to the throne of God because God sees his righteousness, not your righteousness. 120 years have done past. Chapter 7 of Genesis. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou. I love that. He didn't say go in. He said come thou. That means God was already in there waiting on him. <laughs> All thy house into the ark. For I have seen the righteousness before me in this generation. His righteousness was in there. His presence was in there. His grace was in there. His safety was in there. He said, we're going to be all right, Noah. We're going to make it through. Because I'm here with you. God is telling everybody today the same thing. Come on in. Salvation is wonderful. I, I imagine Noah sitting on the ark in the ark on a little bench he might have made, and he was sitting there. He looks over and sees his wife, sees his boys, and sees his daughter-in-law. And he's thinking to himself, Lord, it's been 120 years. I labored every day. 
I didn't turn back. I didn't slip up. I didn't drift one way or the other. I didn't go to the right angle. I just stayed tracked on the task that you gave me, the saving of my family. Here I am, Lord, and here is my family with me. I got to think about what a wonderful thought to be in heaven to see your family gather around you. To see your family just gathered around, you know, the loved ones is already gone, and you cross over and they come running. Hey, glad to see you. I missed you yesterday. Because it's just like a day. A thousand years is a day, and a day is like a thousand years. I missed you yesterday. <laughs> sure did. But I'm here now. But I got to also thinking about it. No one's side safe. God shut the door. There was nothing built on the side to close the door. It wasn't, hey, let's build this ramp so we close the door. No, God said, no, no, no. I'll shut the door. And God says, when I shut the door, no man can open it. Now, I imagine they was inside, and all of a sudden they hear the screaming and the yelling and begging, let me in, let me in. It's too late. It's too late. I think about the lake of fire. As they cast him to the lake of fire. Please give me another chance. Please somebody tell me about Jesus one more time. It's too late. You've been told. How many children are going to look at mom and daddy and say, Hey, you never told me about Jesus. You never mentioned him. You never showed the grace of God in your life. You never told me about him in my house. I grew up and didn't know about him. How many kids are going to look at mom and daddy and say, you never told me? Or how many kids are going to say, hey, we went to church, but let me tell you what, mom and daddy, you weren't the same when you got home. You were totally different when you got home. Fussing and fighting, ain't, no, ain't nothing wrong with fussing and fighting. But when it gets to a knockdown, drag out, you've got problems there. But you don't act the same at home as you do in church. You put this uh, halo on when you get to church, and you all refine, you say, yes, yes, yes. You get home and it's all this, I'm beep, 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 beep. Ah, it's not the same. And when they grow up, they're going to be the same way. Because they're watching you, they need that example. Noah built the ark. He took on the task of building the ark for the saving of his family. He said, I love them too much to see them lost. I love them too much to see them judged upon by the deeds of this world. Can I say this to you tonight? How much do you love your family? How much do you love your kids? Are you willing to take on the task of getting them into the ark? Are you willing to take on the task that no matter what the cost may be? Now, I know it gets tired. I know it gets lonesome, but there's somebody that you've got in your mind that needs to be saved and needs to get in the ark. 